Blog Talk Radio. Because obviously they don't really care. Just, you know, 
Unless you have a, a, a suggestion for a, for a name and one that's not you being a complete jerk, just maybe just scroll on by, you know? Yeah. And of course then and of course that person usually never like they'll they they may check back in but they never say anything again. But it always prompts some other person to say something, you know? So there's this girl that's like, I didn't think what Harriet said was being a bully, but I think you're a bully. She's just giving her opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Which is, of course, usually when I give my stock answer of everybody's entitled to their opinion, but that doesn't mean everybody's entitled to shove their opinion down other people's throats. So, yeah. Um, and if And if I'm wrong that everybody's entitled to their opinion and everybody's entitled to force their opinion on others, then I'm not doing anything wrong by telling Harriet to stop being a bully because I think she's a bully and that's my opinion. And then the person's like, well, no, that is you being a bully. I'm like, you know, if she can come in and basically accuse someone of either being a little girl, possibly gay, or just asking to be bullied, and that's okay, then there's really can't be anything possibly wrong with me pointing out the obvious and telling her to be nice. Yeah. You have some serious double standards there. <laughs> and if she keeps, if the person keeps at it, I've downloaded a picture of Queen Beryl, you know, when she's got the ball that's collecting energy. <laughs> If she keeps at it, I'm just going to post a picture and be like, yes, feed me your energy. (laughs) There you go. Because seriously, it's... If you don't want people to risk you say, keep it in your head. You can have a whole entire made-up conversation where you're right and nobody questions you as long as you don't actually say it out loud. Hey, those are fun. In <laughs> fact, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure the reason people in my family never, like, the reason why people in my family forget to uh, invite people to things is... Not because they're thoughtless. I think it's because they have these conversations in their head. (laughs) And then they think they've actually said it out loud. So they plan on inviting people to functions. And their mind translates it to, I haven't invited people to functions when they've actually told no one. Oh, dear. So, you know, five minutes to sing, that's when you're getting the call. Hey, by the way, did you know there's a birthday party over at Grandma's house? (laughs) Well, I know now. Let me just finish grocery shopping and I'll be right over there. (laughs) Seriously, I've had that happen. I've had that happen. But, I mean, if if, if you have an opinion and you don't want people to question your opinion, then say it to the wall. Tell your cat. Tell your dog. But don't post it because once you open that door, there's 
no closing again. The door stopped is there. The door is open. <laughs> Before I put in my two cents, here's my other co-host. It's Summer Blade. Hey, guys. Hey, Summer. You know, we talking about. <laughs> I came in a little late, as usual. The, the stupidity of people and opening their mouths when really they should just keep them shut, have the conversation in their heads. I I happen to like the voices in my head. You know? Oh, I love the voices in my head. They don't argue with me. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, what you know? Like? If you're one of those people that... <laughs> you have an opinion about something that hasn't even been asked yet and you interrupt a conversation or a post on Facebook to insert your opinion from the thought that you had that may not even have been started in that topic yet. What You know, if you don't want that opinion to be challenged, say it to your cat, say it to your dog, you know, tell your ponies, Whatever, but don't actually say it out loud or post it unless you're willing to have people respond and go, you know what, you're being an ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I ha- and I, ha- I happen to like the voices in my head. You know, at times they do challenge me and my own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I-, I-, I see it as a good thing, you know. <laughs> And right now, all oh, my, Summer. all my, oh, go, oh, go ahead. Summer, I wanted to say thank you for Nurse Redheart. She is a great pony. Oh, you're welcome. I want to say thank you for mine too. And <laughs> I, I have to say, um, she arrived a day late for me to give the give the doctor the nurse the nurse's <laughs> note. Oh, you can give it give it to him next time, though. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. And I think all the nurses and all the texts I had for my last procedure, I think they were all similar, just similar to Nurse Redheart. Aw. <laughs> I thought of a great. I was looking at her, and I thought of a really great crossover cosplay for Nurse Redheart. And what would that be? Basically, give her, you know, the, like, the the kind of anime nurse thing. Cross her with Nurse Joy. Ooh. Except with pony ears. That would be cute. There we go. Their outfits are very similar. You're right. They both have pink hair. They're both very dedicated nurses. They take their jobs very seriously. Yep. I I second Um, that motion. Yeah. And I think we lost Summer. Nope, still here. Sorry, just distracted. (laughs) My computer's kind of acting funny and I'm trying to... Will it ah. to stop acting weird? Hey, but no, uh, I heard you. 
Pandora. Yes. Walmart has our uh, our our show pegged. I just opened up Blog Talk Radio, the my our our show My Little Pony Talk on uh, my computer. All the ads, the ones on the top bar, the ones on the sidebar, all the ads are for Walmart My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we've been spotted. (laughs) Yeah, you think? (laughs) Perhaps. So, but yeah, um, I really think the nurse I had the day of the procedure was a total nurse Redheart. Mhm. Because unfortunately, she had to get me twice to try and put an IV in me. But she was really nice, real gentle about it. And then when the doctor had canceled the procedure, we later found out that his his workers didn't tell him about it the day before. She literally wheeled me back into the room, shoved the bed into the into the room, threw the brake, left me still carted corralled in the bed with the sidebars up and it's like okay I don't care you are getting this procedure done I am not taking out that IV until you've had a procedure done if I have to call another hospital (laughs) so as soon as I got her I completely thought yep that's her Minus the pink hair. Mm. So. Oh. So are they done poking you now, or are you going to have to go in for another session? I have two more sessions scheduled. Um. On the good side, it seems to have done something. I oh, had good, had, good. Yeah, we had to proctor an exam on Saturday, which meant because it was so cold, I had to wear pants all day. It's kind of like it's still it's still hurting, but it's not as bad as it was. So. I'll take not as bad as it was over yank my kneecap out. Mm. Or just yank that nerve out. So I have one, I have next one's on the 22nd of October. The last one tentative right now is on the 5th of November. I go back to see the orthopedic on the 31st, in which Nurse Redheart, including her note, is, is, <laughs> is, is coming with me to the orthopedic's office because I know his nurse is going to love her. <laughs> but she of course, she's a little it. nurse pony. Oh, yes, she's going to look at it and go, Oh my god, it's a little nurse pony. Is there a doctor pony too? 
<laughs> they should make a doctor pony. Yeah, they should. I mean, that that would just make sense. <laughs> you have a nurse. Now we need a doctor. So, but I but know they had that that doctor pony in the one episode where um, Rainbow Dash busted her wing. Yeah. Yeah, that they did. Well, do we want to say hello to Samantha and Dr. Bristol in our uh, chat room? Hi. Hi. Wow, that's, that's different. Hello. <laughs> yes, Dr. Bristol listened to the show last, and guess what? He liked William? He liked the show. <laughs> Yay. Oh, speaking of, apparently the algae bloom is over and I get to start paddling again tomorrow. Yay! So, excited about that. I would be too. A little nervous. Because <laughs> I've had some health issues the last several weeks since the algae bloom started, so I haven't really gotten a chance to work out very much. And, uh, yeah, so I'm probably not going to be much better than I was last week, the last time, three weeks Aww. ago or whatever. But, but hey, at least the algae bloom is possibly over. There you Although go. it is like 85 today. It is mid-October, and it is summer weather. It is insane. I am terrified the world is ending. <laughs> it is not 60 and rainy out. It's just, it's unnatural. If if I don't see some good heavy-duty cold and rain by Halloween, I'm going to start, like, stockpiling emergency rations. Well, we got plenty of cold over here, so. Yeah. Well, give it back. <laughs> it's mine. I, I, t- I totally thought I was going to freeze to death on Saturday. I still have both air conditioners running. Mm. Oh, dear. I had to turn them the, the temperature even colder on them today because with both of them running, the house was still just the same temperature as it was outside which means it was only, like, decreasing the, the internal temperature of our apartment being on the second floor by, like, 10 degrees. That's well, stupid in October. You know, um, I lived in, in, in an apartment in Chicago, and we were on the the second floor. And trying to get that to cool off, was always, always a fight because you're you're getting the heat rising from downstairs. Yeah. Well, when you walk and on we, our kitchen floor, 
you can actually feel the warmth coming up through the floor. Yeah. So that's you're 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 trying to cool it off, but unfortunately, if your neighbors downstairs don't have air conditioning going and cooling off their apartment too, it's not gonna work. My downstairs neighbor doesn't have an air conditioning unit. Well then mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, apparently, once you get over a certain age, you're just cold all the time. (laughs) So it can be, like, 85, and you're still like, I need the heat on. (laughs) Okay. terrifies Um, me. Having no thyroid, I'm the same way. It can be 90-something degrees. If someone walks past me too quickly and they stir up a breeze, that's it. I'm cold. Wow. Yeah. Let's never get cold. I'm the, I'm the exact opposite. But the funniest thing is, I'm like a heat. Um, I'm like a heat machine. It's like I expel more body heat than I keep in. So in the winter, I always have people cuddling up to me going, oh, you're so warm. Let me sleep right there. Get the heck away from me. You're taking away all my body heat. Aw. <laughs> you're going to make me cold because you're going to take all my heat away. Aw. <laughs> as long as you're not cuddling up to me for heat, I'm fine. <laughs> But but the moment you mentioned that you are cuddling up to me because, like, I'm warm and you're cold, uh, that's it. Get away. (laughs) I will push you off the bed. (laughs) Unless you are a four-legged creature because you don't take as much body heat from me. (laughs) But I will tell you guys, that Wednesday I did catch up a little bit on My Little Pony. Friendship is Magic. I am now up to Season 3, Episode... I'm about to start watching Episode 3. Well, (laughs) and you only have two seasons to go. (laughs) Season 3 and Season 4. Four. <laughs> hey, I'm closer than I was before. <laughs> True. <laughs> I I watched the wedding that everyone spoke oh, the of. Fun. Oh, that wedding! That wedding was absolutely the best. So I I actually I went on to the arena recently, the real one, not the Facebook group. Okay. And and I posted a thread that had basically all the photos I had of the customs that I've done, as I still haven't been able to retrieve all the photos I lost when my my hard drive had to be wiped. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I got a few people who commented on it, but not not really a whole lot of attention. Oh dear. I just always get the feeling that I'm just not really there's there's some people there that 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 look that like to see my work and like to see me there, but in general it's, I I just get the feeling that I'm not wanted there. Oh no. Well, I don't I don't think that's the case. Um no. The arena is so big. There are so many people on it, and it's one of those places that unless you're on it like every single day and you're talking and responding to every single post, you kind of get lost in it because when I was first on the arena, I had like a couple people that I knew really well and talked to like almost on a constant basis, and when I would post something, I would get responses from them and really nobody else. But, you know, that's mostly because it's just, it's so massive. There are so many people on the arena that, you know, it's easy for posts to get buried and, you know, you can't respond to absolutely everything. Right. I mean, I've I've posted stuff before and it got completely lost and I you know, to the point where I couldn't even find it. Well, I know I remember when I first joined, I guess I was on there a lot more. Yeah. But you know, when I first joined, the only person I knew of was Chibi Skittles. Does anybody besides me remember Chibi Skittles? Mm. Um, no. No, I don't think so. I, I may have heard the, the name before, but I don't think it's somebody I, I talked to. Well, Chibi Skittles and I knew each other because we were in a My Little Pony group on Gaia Online. And she's the one who told me that I should look at the arena to find a customizer who could restore my ponies, which is how I first met Kay Cherry Ka, which mm-hmm. is how I got into customizing. But I definitely remember in, in the old days I responded a lot and and I was on there like for hours every day. Right. I'm lucky if I get like 15 minutes anymore to chat, check messages or something. <laughs> Samantha yeah, says that um did a resin cast of one of her pony heads. Oh, cool. One of her old one of her old ma- managers liked the picture that she posted. It's actually, yeah, I'm really impressed. It's a really clean cast, and it's a hollow cast. So, um, I'm, I'm really quite jealous because I haven't had time to experiment to figure out how to really do any of that. 
like I tried, I started trying to learn it a while ago, but um, it's how I made the ears for um, that sculpted two into a G4 stallion pony I did over Christmas. But like to do like a whole pony, I haven't figured it out yet. It seems really complicated. Samantha says there's one flaw, but I am not seeing the flaw in her pony head. No. Did you see the picture of it? Yeah, and I I thought it was actually a good one. I thought it was beautiful. It looked really clean to me. Well, if it's not easy to see, then it's not really (laughs) a flaw. Exactly. I mean, let's let's face it. Anytime anybody does a custom, as the person making it, we know where all the flaws are. But if nobody else sees it, it doesn't really have a flaw. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I remember... Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I think I remember uh, looking at a customizer's thread one time and the person who had posted the thread said, if you pick the pony up and look at it from this angle, it, at its underside, there's this one little dot of paint that's out of place. And somebody posted the reply, honey, nobody looks at ponies at that angle but you. It's, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> there you go. Well, so like every, every time, doing, yeah. every, every time I do a custom now, I remember that thread. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, anytime I do anything sculpted, I'm always sitting there with, like, going through millions of little packets of Testor's um, modeling uh-huh. sandpaper and my big thing of of heavy grain sandpaper, and I'm sanding and I'm sanding. And Fred's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's not even. He's like, I don't see what you're trying to get rid of. I'm like, no, there's that one spot. You can see that one spot. Like, nobody can see that one spot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you sanded that one spot off hours ago. <laughs> Customizers are... not perfect. <laughs> yeah. Probably some of the hardest people on themselves. <laughs> And and that's why when I am in Facebook groups and there are people that feel the need to tell customizers what horrible people they are, that they're ruining ponies, how dare we, you know, do that and, and, and whatnot, that that's why I I always have to say something because, you know, a customizer really doesn't need your help feeling like their work is crap and that they just ruined a pony. They do that with every pony they make. (laughs) You know, you just made the most beautiful pony ever and you're looking at it and you're like, I just ruined this pony. Look at it. You know? (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Well... That's why I don't feel bad about G- making G4s into customs. They're still making those. There's tons of them. Exactly. 
go to the store. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> but when you do a G four though, there's always some someone that pops in and says that's not show accurate. And it's always well, like a character that's not even on the show. I'm like, well, it's not supposed to be show accurate because it's not a show character. <laughs> <laughs> that's more mature than my response because my response would have been, your face isn't show accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Haven't I seen you post that to some people before? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, like, if they were trying to do a show character and it wasn't show accurate, I can see if it was a critique thread coming in saying, well, you know, it's not show accurate because the stems on your flowers are going the wrong direction or something, you know? (laughs) But if it's an original character that's clearly never been on the show, that's like... On Deviant Art, somebody saw like I had stripped these ponies of paint, and I because I was prepping them to become custom ponies. They hadn't become custom ponies yet; they were just ponies with no hair and no paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and someone came oh, up God. and said, "The pony, the ponies I do are so much better." My only response was, "Well, I should certainly hope that when if if you make." custom ponies that they're better than a stock pony with no paint or hair because it's sad <laughs> if you couldn't pop that <laughs> and they're like you don't have a sense of humor I'm like well you don't actually have a position because I just looked through your deviant art account and you've never even done a horse of any kind so, I want to know where this magical pony is that's better than nothing. That's like going up, like an artist that's just bought a plain white canvas and going up to that artist and saying, my work is totally better than that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, see. Oh, great. Even then, if someone did that, if I was just carrying, like, a blank white canvas that I had just bought, and they're like, my work's totally better than that, I would probably have a smart-ass remark for that, too. Like, (laughs) no, you're wrong, man. White is totally the existentialist thing. It's totally in right now. If you have any color on your canvas, you suck, loser. My art's so out of this world, it can't even be art. So there. Oh, oh God! That that have you guys ever seen the show Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Yeah, I used to watch it all the time. Remember the episode where Hal took two weeks off because he had this painting in his head. It was either a week or two weeks off from work because he had this painting in his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. You know, everyone's looking at it at first like, I don't get it. And then he puts one dollop of yellow. And everyone's just like in awe. 
of the painting, and then all of a sudden the canvas just starts peeling off of the framing due to the fact that there's just so much paint on it. <laughs> I'm actually reminded of the show Daria that used to be on MTV. Oh, I love there was Daria. One, there was one episode where, like, Quinn, I can't remember if she did a painting or wrote a piece of poetry, and she got a compliment on it. So it went to her head, and she started dressing in black and wearing a beret. Yeah. And, like, being all, like, wannabe, artsy, hipster. And the only thing that brought her out of it was Daria dressed like Quinn used to dress. <laughs> I, I just thought it was so funny when the, when she asks Daria, what does existential mean? And Daria's like, well, in your case, it means, you know, intellectual poser with accessories from the, from the fair. And she goes, Oh, because someone said my writing was existential, and I figured I should, you know, coordinate it with uh, an outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and then stands there and asks, does this black match? <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting from some of these new people who are into ponies. A sort of vibe I'm getting. You know, because they they go in and they insult everybody who's been in the pony community for years and then get mad when people are like, hey, you know what? You're kind of out of line. Yeah. I, I second that motion. Mm-hmm. I second that well, and, motion. Yeah, it's just Well, it's just funny to me that that people claim that ponies make them happy, but then they come into the group and they're negative, and then when you tell them to knock it off, they tell you you ruined ponies for them. I've actually had people tell me that, that I ruined ponies for them because I wouldn't sell them cheap customs because I told them that, hey, you need to leave this person alone. Uh, you know, it just, like, it broke it, it broke the spell. Right. You know, that they couldn't get, like, ten ponies for $50. How dare I? You know, <laughs> How dare I not sell custom ponies for just the price of the bait? (laughs) I've ruined ponies for them. At this point, whenever I hear that, I just say, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it really, if it it. takes takes that little to ruin something for somebody, they must have not really been as into it as they thought. Yeah. I agree there. But, um, yeah, it's. 
I well, and when when people are make a post, like and and they're posting their pony persona for the first time, and they're really proud of it. That is not the time to be critical of someone because they're really excited and they're 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 just coming into the pony community and they're trying to participate and yeah maybe their their design isn't necessarily the most i don't know inspired but everybody starts somewhere you know eventually you learn that you don't have to throw a million colors at pony for it to be cool Eventually, you know, you find your own voice, but it takes a while to get there. And, you know, us us veterans try to be encouraging to people (laughs) who are (laughs) new at ponies, even though sometimes it's really hard because sometimes when people are new to ponies, they're kind of jerks about it. And I don't know, it would just, it would be great if people who are in their sophomore year of ponies, as it were, could just chill a little. (laughs) Because, you know, when I was in high school, I could tell, as I went through high school, I could tell who the sophomores were. You could always tell who the sophomores were, especially me, because I'm so short. And at the time, I was short and super skinny. It was it, it was really weird, but I was short and super skinny. So even as a senior, I looked like a freshman. And I could always tell who the sophomores were, because they would try to harass me and give me a hard time. Get out of the way, freshman. I can't tell you how many people two times my size I had to run down and shove their face into the carpet and say, back off, I'm a senior. But I could, it was always a sophomore. <laughs> people, well, teachers stopped disciplining me after a while because people were afraid of my mom. It's sort of a thing. She's terrifying. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, yeah, it is always going to be the sophomores because you know, they finally have graduated from being the freshman who's harassed. Yeah. To being an they're, upper they're no longer on the bottom of the totem pole. They kind of know their way around the school now. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and so they, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, so they get that attitude about them because they're not the baby anymore and they can, they, they can finally have some weight to throw around, but... At the same time, they don't always throw their weight around with the right person. Right. Sometimes that freshman is actually a senior with a really bad temper and a lot more strength in her little tiny body than one would expect. Exactly. <laughs> don't ever underestimate the tiny ones. Oh, the tiny ones are the scariest. Oh, yeah. We My mom's like a adorable. like a wolverine, you know, <laughs> low to the ground, kind of compact, but mean, really, really mean. Well, I was thinking a 
along the lines of a cute little puppy. You know, they're cute, they're adorable, but don't turn your back on them because, you know, that cute little bow on top of their head will very quickly fall off. <laughs> oh, oh little see. dogs are the ones that bite the hardest. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I I would like to encourage people in whatever group you're on on the Internet that if you get to that phase where you're no longer on the bottom rung, maybe pretend you're still on the bottom rung for a while. Yeah. Because you need to temper that that desire to show off that you're not on the bottom rung because there's always a bigger fish. Probably one of the best lines I ever got from Star Wars Episode One. There's always a bigger fish. Yep. So, but, um... And, yeah, and, and, so... Yeah, right now I'm kind of in that bigger fish position where I see people coming in and trying to trying to bully without seeming like they're a bully. Right. And I call them out because they're like, you're, you're just a troll. No, I'm a member of the pony community and have been since like 2009. You and I don't have any of the same friends on Facebook, and most of my Facebook friends are pony people. So I'm thinking you're new. So maybe instead of calling me a troll, maybe just trust me when I say, hey, what you said wasn't cool. There's no reason to come into a thread and, and hassle someone. Unless, of course, the person you're hassling is someone who started the hassling to begin with. And then at that point, you're just trying to uh, restore balance to the Force. I don't know. I think yep. I'm having a real Star Wars sort sort of a day. <laughs> well, it sounds like how it. it. How about this? Let's turn from ponies and, and Star Wars to Transformers. Has anyone seen the, seen the new movie? No, but I have seen the feminist um, Optimus Prime figure. <laughs> That's the new one on me. Okay. He's he's pink and gray. Okay. Oh, right. Colors can work. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring it up is two things. Once again, Hasbro is promoting other toys in Transformers, and once again, it's a My Little Pony. Oh, the po- there was another pony in the movie? There was another pony in the movie, and this time it wasn't Pinkie Pie. Was it Rambo Dash? Yes, it was. <laughs> Yay! I get a cookie for guessing.
making it right. Well, maybe I'll just take a donut. There you go. Here we go. We got Krispy Kremes here. That'll work. Oh, you are so lucky. Is it fresh? No. We got them from the Royal Farm Store. Oh, okay. We don't have any Krispy Kreme stores here anymore. So we, I would have to travel two hours to get a, re, a Krispy Kreme fresh from the store. But, you know, that is two hours well well spent to have one fresh from the store, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got to quit thinking about it. Anyway, um, but another thing is, they show um, what's supposed to be quote-unquote Hong Kong. Um, yeah, I sat there during that entire scene going, yeah, that's the that's the building at this address in Chicago. Uh, that's the building at this address in Chicago. That's the building just off I-55 on Damon Avenue. <laughs> It's it's like really you guys are gonna sit there and say this is Hong Kong when you know people from Chicago know that you guys taped here, which there were some Chicago, but they taped in different sections. Also, just gonna be able to look at this and go, um, that's the building on Randolph. <laughs> How is that Hong Kong? Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's Chinatown. (laughs) That was the only part that worked was that they filmed some of it in Chinatown. (laughs) That's as close to Hong Kong as they got was Chinatown. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my gosh. The movie must have been really low. (laughs) There is an well, excellent discussion going on in the chat room right now. Oh, oh yeah. Well, see, mm-hmm. the thing is, a lot of movie, a lot of movie studios will film in Chicago due to the fact that we do have a lot of buildings that have been abandoned and can be demoed, but the city will, you know, do the security for them. And keep them for movie studios that want to come in and they want a building to explode. Mm. So they come to Chicago, pay Chicago, and say, hey, we will pay to demo this building for you. (laughs) Come to Chicago, film things and blow things up. Exactly. And during Transformers, there were a lot of buildings that were blown for the movie. Of course. It's a Michael Bay film. It's not a Michael Bay film without an explosion. Exactly. So, but, yeah. Don't tell me it's Hong Kong when you can clearly tell it's Chicago. (laughs) At least change the building in some way, you have the technology. Optimus Prime is not real. 
Wait, if shatter my dreams. <laughs> well, he's a real truck. They actually had, you know, the Optimus the the Optimus Prime truck in Chicago for the filming to have him come down the streets. But you know, you do the CGI for the Transformers. CGI the building so that it looks slightly different. But I'm trying to figure out what what is going on in the chat. Uh, Chicago, Hong Kong equals Chicago. Um, what I'm saying is they filmed so much of the film of the film Transformers in Chicago that they were trying to quote unquote make it that they were in Hong Kong. But if you're from Chicago, you can tell that that is a building in Chicago. <laughs> oh well, that's gonna be like with any movie though. There's a lot of movies that are filmed in the Pacific Northwest. TV shows that are filmed in the are, that are filmed in the Pacific Northwest, and anyone from the Pacific Northwest is like, oh, why are we hiking there? <laughs> They're not in upstate New York. They're on Trillium Trail, dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, what I'm saying is change it in some form or another. I mean, when they film in Canada, they actually say, we're in Canada, we're in Quebec. <laughs> and you can tell they're in Quebec because, gosh darn it, you can eat off them uh, them alley streets. <laughs> I'm done with my tangents. <laughs> nope, that's okay. <laughs> the closest well, I've ever felt to that is there's been a couple movies where they were filming, quote-unquote, in D.C., and it was Baltimore. <laughs> and Baltimore and D.C. Yeah. really don't look that much alike, so I don't know how they get away with it. I don't either. Well, you know, I think a lot of times... Like, when people are filming in the Pacific Northwest or Canada, at least here, I think a lot of it is is like they're out in nature, and I think it's assumed that all nature looks the same. But that's not actually true, and so anybody that's used to that neighborhood, that area, that park, wherever it's being filmed... Can tell you every tree, every every rock, every path, and and it's it's kind of funny. Like yeah, but there's this assumption that that well, one forest looks like another. Well, it <laughs> does if you're not used to it. But if you yeah. go hiking through it or jogging through it every morning. <laughs> then yeah, if you've gone camping at that campground every year since you were five, I'm sorry, it's gonna be recognizable. Yeah, but um, oh, interesting. Last... Go for it. Oh, just <laughs> just to sum up the discussion that happened in the chat room. It's basically. 
what I was talking about, how you can always tell someone that's not on the bottom rung anymore, but they're not on the top rung yet. Oh, okay. Because they're usually the most, they're usually the meanest. They're usually the ones that bully. They're the ones that are most obnoxious because they're not on the bottom anymore, but they're not used to their elevated status. And that that caste system kind of form, even when there isn't supposed to be, because it's 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 something that's sort of built into everyday life in smaller ways, like how in high school you have um, freshmen on the bottom and seniors on the top, and then sophomores and juniors in the middle. Um, it's 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 a micro caste system where there's a ruling class and there's the, the newbies. And then there's people that are working their way up to being the ruling class, and the the, the staff gives special um, special exemptions and special benefits and special classes just for the seniors. Senior skip day. We won't actually mark you as tardy if you don't show up on senior skip day. That sort of thing. So right. when people then go online. Because they're used to at work, you know, there's people with seniority and then there's people that just started that are just trying to keep their head down. Um, and um, when people go online, they take that mentality with them. So if they feel like they've been in a community or a group for X amount of time and that therefore they are no longer new then they create an artificial caste system where there isn't actually a caste system. Like, there isn't really a caste system for the pony community, but there's an artificial one has been created because people who have been in the community for a long, long time are now having to say, hey, stop bullying the little guys. They just started. They're just getting used to things. Let it go. And so mm-hmm. an artificial one is is being formed by this middle they're not new but they're not really that all that experienced either coming in and trying to toss imaginary weight around and having older people who know better trying to say no stop doing that and it creates an artificial caste system and it's quite right that people should should be more enlightened and treat people as equals and treat them with the same consideration and respect that they're hoping to get from people. It's just on social media, it doesn't seem to be that way right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I guess it's this is probably one of the most thoughtful conversations, one of the deepest conversations that we've had in the chat room in a while. Not that I don't love our 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 commentary chat that we that we get when we have awesome people like Miss G who hasn't been around for a while or uh Samantha and they're actually, you know, they're they're kind of con- commenting or providing commentary based on what we're saying on the show, but it is, it is nice to have 
a deeper conversation in relationship to ponies and how people treat each other happening in our chat room. Yes, and it's great to have um, a new person listening to the show and, you know, chatting in the chat room. Well, I, I, I really, I wish more people liked having new perspectives and new blood because that's really what keeps anything relevant, whether it be a church or a chat room or a business, you know, continuing to grow requires there to be new growth. And right. and if if you're constantly going to say, well, we need new people, but don't think anything different than what we've already thought, you're not going to get that new growth. Exactly. Well, it kind of defeats the purpose of having new people because the reason you have new people added into a group is to continue, <laughs> you know, the growth of it, like you said, and to add new ideas. And if you have a group that doesn't, that never has new ideas, then it's not going to change. It's not going to grow. It's essentially dead. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's really and maybe my perspective is probably a little different because because I'm a customizer as an artist. Having new people come in. And especially new customizers. What I love about new customizers is they don't have, because they haven't found their voice yet, they're willing to try all sorts of weird things. And sometimes it really works and it's really a wow factor thing. And that inspires me to think outside of the box that I have been working in and to try something different. And so, yeah, new. New is great. And and as long as when, when new people come in, they're not, I'm new, but I'm going to talk like I know everything because that's just obnoxious. Anytime, anybody, yeah. regardless of whether or not their new comes in and be like, I'm the only one that knows anything. I will express my opinion. Oh, that, 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 that entitlement attitude, it's got to go, people. It has got to go because it is it's a very closed, narrow attitude. Uh, it seems like everyone who comes into a community or to a discussion um, with a sense of entitlement is usually someone who is actually very close-minded and they want to say what they're going to say, but they don't actually want to hear other people. And at that point, why are you coming into a community? You don't actually want to hear other people. You know, it's like I said, talk to the voices in your head, talk to your dog or your cat. <laughs> Talk to them, talk to your horde of ponies. Get a journal and write I, it. Yeah, absolutely. But if if I mean, yeah, sometimes someone comes in and says, you know, I'm I'm kind of new, and maybe this is my just two cents, but this is kind of my perspective on it. I just want to throw it out there, and 
I don't know if people agree with it. You know, that is totally fine because you're you're throwing out a possibility. But it's it's when you come in and be like, No, my way is the only way and you are all wrong. That's that's different. Yeah. If more people could express their opinion as a possibility rather than a fact, because usually it's not, I think there would be a lot, a lot less cranky and hurt going on on, in Facebook and Twitter. And it's just, yeah. Well, when it comes to a lot of the social media stuff, I kind of try to live by the saying of true knowledge comes from knowing you know nothing. And I pretend like I know nothing because <laughs> then that way I'm not going to be seen as an idiot <laughs> because I won't be stating a false opinion that everybody's going to disagree with. I happen to like Jackie Chan from the, I think it's, if, it, if, it, if I remember, it was called The Legend of the Seeker, where he plays the drunken the drunken master. And he's like, oh, he, he who knows does not speak. He who speaks does not know. Your kung fu must be very good. <laughs> <laughs> because he asked, you know, this, this white American kid, how good's your kung fu? And the kid's like, uh. <laughs> People could just be like, uh. Uh, that'd be great in reality isn't that where most of us are we come into into a discussion and we see something that doesn't make sense to us usually what we're all actually thinking is what (laughs) but then somebody says something that we really find objectionable so even though we're not entirely sure what's going on we do object to that one thing (laughs) <laughs> and so can we say something? And I'm just as guilty of this as anybody. Don't 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 mistake me. I am fully aware that that I am what my husband calls a mark. All someone has to do is push the right button and dang it, you've opened Pandora's little box. Yeah. <laughs> well I'm the sa- I'm the same way, you know. I said, you know, cute, sweet looking on the outside, but you know, you press that wrong button, and it's you swear to God, you just ran into Two Face from uh, Batman. <laughs> because, you know, when I get pissed, I, I get pissed. Yeah, Doctor Doctor Bristle says that President JFK once said. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Um, that entitlement well, that wasn't is- always an attitude that was tolerated or encouraged. It's it's really been the last couple decades that it's really become something that that's become prevalent. And I think part of that has to do with the way politics works now. You know, you don't have politicians who are trying to bring prosperity to their community. You have lobbyists. You have political institutions. You have media that supports political institutions. And a sense of entitlement keeps people 
from actually discussing things with each other and coming to compromises. And as long as they can keep people from compromise, they have an easier position of manipulating people and getting people to dig in so that nothing changes. Right. Well said. I second that. As I mused on my Facebook this morning, uh, I woke up this morning and I tried to skim through my newsfeed on Facebook, and it was there wasn't anybody posting about their day. It was all sorts of likes and shares and and espousing opinions. So <laughs> my musing this morning was let let me scroll down here. Some people have shared stuff on my wall. Um so here is what I gleaned from browsing my news feed this morning just based on what people have been posting and sharing. Ebola is both scary and not scary. We as a nation can't decide who we like less, Islam or Israel. Conservatives think everything is Obama's fault. Liberal people think everything is the Tea Party's fault. Latter-day Saint people think they're restoring the gospel of Jesus, while traditional Christians say you can't restore what's eternal. All the while, atheists think the whole thing is rubbish. And the brony-anti-brony debate continues. <laughs> However, in the Davis household, we're having coffee and cookies for breakfast. Melody is admiring my china pattern. Real life for the win. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I woke up to this morning. Everything that I listed there was I got simply from scrolling down and reading the things people were sharing, the articles that they were sharing, the flow charts, the memes. That's just what I got from that this morning, from half, yeah, from, from maybe half an hour of scrolling. Oh, that reminds me. It. I need to post a picture. <laughs> that is, that's exactly why I don't even that's why when I go on Facebook I play games and that's it nobody oh, plays my games the only game, what game the only game I play is uh, Jane Austen hidden picture game because it's Jane Austen and I love the characters she writes but <laughs> and I love hidden well, picture games well, see, I hate hidden picture games, so that's why I don't play any of your games. If it makes I like, me I like, I like the mental exercise, um, testing to me, see how observant I am. If it makes me think beyond, okay, if I put this on to cook now, 12 hours <laughs> from now, it'll be this time. <laughs> Can I put this on for this amount of time? That's not as far as I want to go mentally when I play a game on Facebook. That's just See, up. on my e-reader, I have Sudoku. Oh, dear God, um, that, that would hurt my brain. My brain would just pop I, out of my head and just walk away. If, yeah, I, I like my – I get depressed if my brain doesn't feel challenged by something. If I don't feel like I've really had to focus or think about something, I start to feel like existence is futile. <laughs> I have to have 
I see. My husband says that I'm not just a pony customizer. He says that I am a customizer. I can't just I can't just glide through life and take things as they are. If I'm not fixing something, if I'm not tinkering with something, if I am not shaping existence, I I, I feel my life force ebb. <sighs> I feel oh, you, like I'm you need to come stay at our house then, because my boyfriend and I are the same way. Yeah, I, like like I we you went to an apartment. There is no way. Yeah, I love tinkering. We live in an apartment. There's no way with the, the cabinets we have that I can actually baby proof because none of the cabinets have knobs, and we're not allowed to drill anything into the cabinets. So I told Fred the other day, I'm like, what we need to do is we just need to take the cabinets off. I'll go down to Lowe's, and I'm going to buy new cabinets, and then we can baby proof our cabinets, and we'll just we'll just put the old cabinets in storage until we move, and we'll put them back on when we leave. And and my husband is looking at me like I've completely lost it, like I've totally missed the point of renting an apartment. Is that I don't to see to him renting an apartment is the glorious perfection of civilization because. Nothing is our responsibility. To me, it's like being trapped in a cage. I'm not allowed to do anything. Something isn't working quite right for me. I'm not supposed to touch it. But I have to. I must. <laughs> because I am I am my grandmother's granddaughter. And there was one day when she was a much younger woman where she was looking at the wall above her fireplace and decided she hated that wall. <laughs> oh god. So she was she was talking to my aunt Carolyn and my cuz my aunt Carolyn was visiting and and just in the middle of the conversation, I guess from from the story I was told, my grandma said, "I hate that wall. There needs to be a painting there." And my aunt Carolyn thought, "Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, that, I suppose a painting would look good there." Thinking that maybe at some point grandma would go out and get a painting. No. Grandma went up to the attic, grabbed a couple of canvases and her oil paints, and painted a picture and hung it up. It's it's just the way we are. We can't just let it go. And there's nothing wrong with that. There really is not. You know, like, I want to own a house so that if I get tired of a wall, I can double-check to make sure it's not a load-bearing wall. And if it's not, take a sledgehammer to it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I just had a vision of you sitting in a house with Fred and Melody and looking at a wall and going, I hate that wall, it's the wrong color. I'm picking up a hammer and smashing it. (laughs) Well, you know what? What's sad though is I do that, except I'm not allowed to take a sledgehammer to it. So I just sit here cursing the wall, going slowly insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, okay. You just, you just so reminded me of this scene in Mommy Dearest, where Joan Crawford. 
the guy who owned Pepsi at the time were remodeling a, a, a their new apartment, and she said there is something wrong with that wall. There needs to be a window where that wall is. So knock the window into the wall. And I can so right now see you going, there needs to be a window right there. Going and getting, you know, whatever tools you need. And next thing you know, there's a hole in your wall <laughs> to the outside world. <laughs> exactly. See, that's what I need. That's why, and and my husband's like, well, you know, at some point we can go look at houses. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't want to look at houses. I want to look at land. <laughs> I want to look at acreage. I want to build myself my house. I don't want to live in someone else's house. I want my house. If it's already there, it's going to be harder for me to fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Can we just imagine the house she would build? Oh, goodness. I want a cob house, but I want it shaped like the dream castle. <laughs> or a hobbit hole. Maybe just a hobbit hole, but made of cob because it's more environmentally friendly and energy efficient. And and I want solar panels. And I want solar panels and possibly a water wheel as backup for uh, self sustaining energy. I don't I'm tired oh. of having to pay utility bills. Those those suck. <laughs> Yeah, when we drive by houses that have solar panels, I usually tell my boyfriend, I said, oh, I wish we owned so we could put solar panels on the house. Not because it's more environmentally sound, because I love the idea of screwing over BGE. PGE, our electric company, we used to have, like, the cheapest electric in the nation because we have a gigantic hydro dam. We have a hydroelectric plant. That's like the best thing you can get in Sim City. And and we have one in 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 Portland. And well not really Portland, but it, it then it got bought out by uh who was it? Some company. They were in the news a while back for being naughty. And um anyway, it got bought by a company. Now it's like one of the highest it's 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 ridiculously high, and we also have wind farms in Oregon. And occasionally they send these little flyers that say, "Oh, you could get environmentally friendly wind power and just pay like a dollar fifty more per per energy unit or something." And I think to myself, that's stupid. It takes less money to maintain a wind farm than it does to maintain a dam, and you expect us to pay more for it? Well, see, here's the thing. If there's no wind, there's no power being generated. Well, but see, we have both. We have wind. This is, well, it's not the windy city, but we have wind. <laughs> we have wind. Dear God, dear God, if we had wind farms in Chicago, nobody would pay utility bills because 
you know, half so Chicago the time, is the windy city. Yes. Yes. You can but, solve the world energy crisis. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have we have wind. Believe it or not, we have sun. Solar and solar power doesn't necessarily depend on visual light. It's all the energy from the sun, including ultraviolet, which is present at all times, as long as it's daytime. You know, and we've got a hydro dam, you know? It's 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 just freaking ridiculous. Um, yeah. But no, I want I wanna build an energy efficient, self sustaining house because I'm crazy. And <laughs> As long as you don't intend on making a chicken tractor, we will not say you're crazy. Chicken tractor. What's a chicken tractor? You need to tell us the story behind that. (laughs) I started watching. Has anyone heard of the show Utopia? No. It's a show on Fox. And basically, it's actually a live show, and you can actually go online and see these people are actually living in these conditions. Um, basically, they took a group of people, they gave them like five acres of land. I mean, this is beautiful, pristine. It's it's like the type of land that you would love to own. It has a lake. It has waterfalls. It, it's it's just beautiful. And sent them in there and said, "You guys create the world you would like to have." You guys choose. You know what type of politics you guys do. You guys choose. You know whatever. And one of the women, because they had chickens, they said, let's put the chickens to work and build a chicken tractor. And basically what it was was taking the chickens and putting them into a cage on the farming land and basically have them work the the land. Chickens work enough when they lay eggs. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's what I was thinking. I mean, heck, if I had something like that popping out of me every day, you want me to? You want me to do what now? Uh, <laughs> you go do it. I'm gonna go sit over here and have me another egg. <laughs> okay, well, I just put. <laughs> I just put a link a link to a house that I would consider buying that's already built into the chat room. But I cannot afford it. Because I can never afford any of these things that are already built. Yep. Well, see the house my mother and I are in we're in um what's called the Berwin Bungalow. Mhm. And Let's just say this house was built like a hundred years ago because I accidentally backed my mother's 1994 Buick into the building. Ooh. Okay. You can 
tell that this building was built a hundred years ago because I didn't even dent the brick. <laughs> and of course, you can also tell that it was a 1994 car because there was barely a scratch on the bumper. <laughs> the house was fine. The car was fine. <laughs> I took the house. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, if I were to do that to a house that was built within the last 50 years, I would have been in the basement <laughs> of <Yes>. the house. <laughs> and I wasn't even going that fast. Because, unfortunately, it was Buick that had a turbo engine, which meant you tapped the gas pedal and you were doing 40. (laughs) I think I've confused your uh, Pandora. I think I've confused your uh, pen pal. How did you do that? Well, you know how the last several years I've been slowly embroidering my old my little pony sheet from like the nineteen eighties. Yeah. Well, I I just finished embroidering another pony on said sheet. It's glory. Turned out rather well. I posted a picture, and uh, Amanda just asked, "How much do those run?" So I'm not entirely sure what she's asking, but I'm guessing she thinks that it's an embroidery pattern and not that I'm repurposing an old bed sheet. Yeah, I think so. Which can happen. Which, well, I thought uh, it was an um, embroidery pattern at first, too, until I, you know, read... So I thought about it and reread the post, not like, oh, no... That's the sheet. You know, what's funny about this is I've gotten a lot of comments, like when I posted uh, Starshine, about things that, like, people seem to think I could have changed. I'm literally just embroidering over what's already there. And Starshine, when they they printed the sheets, they put her symbol in the wrong spot. (laughs) It's not really positioned correctly. But there's nothing I can do about that. It's already printed on the sheet. And when I first finished her and I posted the picture, people are like, I think you need to move the cutie mark. I'm like, I can't. (laughs) When I was doing um, the, um, what are those things called, the swap, I had a pattern for a bookmark to do on um, that plastic thingy. Do people understand what I'm talking about? Plastic canvas. That's what it is. Um, But it was supposed to be, I think, a unicorn. But the person actually liked a Pegasus pony. Mm -hmm. It was, oh God, it was the the old pony, she had butterflies for her cutie mark, and then on her forehead she had a butterfly. Does anyone remember who that was? Uh, 
butterflies on the forehead and the cutie mark. Was it a twice as fancy one or? Yeah. She was yellow. Oh, yeah, that's fancy yeah. butterflies. Yeah. So I made, basically, I turned the Pegasus into her by just adjusting. And trust me, that was not easy. Mm. Especially when you're trying to put a butterfly where a horn should be. <laughs> so, I, it might not be quite the same thing. I'm not entirely sure I know what you're talking about, but it sounds like a latch hook. No. Rug can have a... No? No. I'm trying to visualize it. I'm... Did you know Um, that we only have half an hour of the show left? Yeah, I know. I'm about to change the topic to random. (laughs) I actually asked the chat room, do, do you guys think we're going to end up being just a random show tonight? And, yeah, everyone agreed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty bad when, like, you ask that and, like, everyone's, yeah, it's going to be a random talk show tonight. <laughs> well, but we've had a really great talk, though. Oh, yeah. And it was pony-related. Yeah. It was. It has actually been pony-related, or at least pony-community-related. Did you get that Mm -hmm. message that I sent you about Kay Cherry? No. Okay, basically, I I got in touch with her, and she doesn't have... She she works on Monday nights. So Monday night she would be willing to come on if we wanted to do a show on a on a day that she has off. Okay. So if we we'll wanted to, to do look. a special odd day. We'll have to look into doing that then. Yep, because I mean you got, you got to admit she is probably one of the nicest, sweetest people. And we have we haven't had her on the show in like three years. Longer than that? Yeah. Sure. Five years. Five years. Four years? Maybe four years. We'll call it four. I think it was twenty ten when her interview came up. I hate yes. to say this, but uh, I honestly don't remember. Have to go dig through the archives to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'll be fun to have her back on. But um, Doctor Doctor Bristle wants us to have a show that combines academic subjects. With friendship is magic. Dear Lord hmm. in heaven, you want me to think? Do you know how hard it is to do that these days? 
<laughs> I'm just, I think we're better at doing it on accident than we'd ever be at planning it out. Yeah. I am accidentally brilliant. Yep. (laughs) But but if you were to, like, have me, like, try and plan a presentation about something academic and how it relates to friendship is magic, and I'm I'm going back to it, I would just be like, uh... Uh, <laughs> well, because yeah. when you have to think about something like that, you kind of tend to overthink it, and then it just makes it yep. harder. Yeah. I am really good at having epiphanies, <laughs> or apostrophes, if you will. Um, <laughs> by the way, Hook is on Netflix. <laughs> um <laughs> I swear that was probably the best dialogue in any movie I've ever seen. That little bit between Hook and Smee. I've just had an apostrophe. I think you mean an epiphany. Lightning has just struck my brain. Well, that must hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does, actually. Uh, But, um... (laughs) Don't try to stop me, Smee. Try and stop me. But I do have that one had more some of the best actors of, of of the age in it, two of whom have passed away. Yeah. Which is sad. Um, but I do oh, have apparently one. there's a My Little Pony physics presentation somewhere on YouTube. There's a link in our chat room. Um anyway, as you were saying. I have one last thing to say about Transformers, the new movie. Be prepared to take three days to watch it. I am not prepared to take three days to watch anything other than Pride and Prejudice. Because the only reason is you're going to end up stopping it several times because you're sitting there trying to figure out what are they doing? (laughs) That's not exactly what I'm looking for in a movie. Mind you, okay, see, I I saw Transformers. I saw the second Transformers. I did not see the third one. I don't even know what you're talking about when you're talking about the new one. There's another one? There's a fourth one. You have to watch the third one before you watch the fourth one because it does refer back to it. But they don't mention anything about the Witwickies. They have suddenly just disappeared. They have it. And um, Bumblebee, I, he is just a bad... But it, I, he actually picks a fight with someone. What? You lost me. 
Bumblebee is you the most me. nicest. Bumblebee is the nicest transformer you have ever met. He is the type of transformer that he never picks a fight with anyone. The only time he fights is when he has to. See, Bumblebee as a transformer is like my husband. Whereas, as a transformer, I'm more like bulkhead. I want to smash <laughs> things and be done with it. That's- well, as I said, Bumblebee is the nicest transformer ever. But in the fourth movie, for some reason, I mean, you, you, the thing is, things have been left out that would make things make more sense. You know, why... No, that's just the way movies are, though. I mean, look at how much stuff was left out of the Harry Potter movies that would have made it make a lot more sense if they had left it in. Like, at the the very end of Deathly Hallows 2, Harry breaks the Elder Wand. No, no, no. Which is fine. No, 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 don't say it, don't say it. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. I'm sorry. There, the, you, the, the, you have reached the expiration date for spoilers not, on that. I have not watched the movie. I have not read the book. I have the book. It is sitting next to my bed. Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows 2. I will eventually read it. Okay, well, spoiler alert. Okay. Did you not read the books? I've read everything up to that book. Oh! <laughs> you are so far behind on so many things. I've watched the first movie, which I thought was the most boring piece of poop in the world. Because <laughs> that was the, the Transformers longest... movie? No, Harry Potter. Really? You didn't like the first movie? No, the first um, Deathly Hollows, the first. Oh, oh, okay. That was the longest camping trip I have ever witnessed. (laughs) Yeah, it did kind of drag a little bit. Well, see, part of the problem with the Deathly Hollows movies is a lot of what happens in the book, even with it being spread out over two movies, is condensed. And they really tried, they they took some artistic license with it and really tried to make it seem more real life and more, I don't know, um, more grounded. There wasn't a lot of magic in either of the Deathly Hallows 1 or 2. It was a whole lot of real magicless stuff, which is fine. But, I mean, the book was better. The book was way better. Okay. I was actually really disappointed with the Deathly Hallows 1 and 2 because, like I said, there was a lot of things that got left out that would have made it more exciting and make more sense. There, the, the chain of events in the movies seemed really dysfunctional. Because there are so many important things that were going on in the book that didn't make it into the movie. Ah. 
So just read the book. Save yourself the time of watching the movies and uh, read the book. The book's always better. (laughs) Melody, are you telling on Daddy? Uh Uh-oh. Is Daddy not sharing his soda with you? Oh, oh dear. The thing is, just she doesn't actually like like carbonated things, but she 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 wants to try whatever it is we're drinking, even if she's already tried it and doesn't like it. Because since we're <laughs> drinking it, it must be good. Or if we're yep. eating it, it must be good. Yes, Dr. Bristle has a point. Hollywood is not reading books before they make them into movies. Um, which, that's actually my biggest complaint about the second Chronicles of Narnia movie that Disney tried to do, is that it doesn't even seem like the movie Prince Caspian. Because they added so much stuff that wasn't in the book and left out so much stuff that was in the book that it's like the credit should be the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, loosely based on the works of C.S. Lewis. Like, we have some of the same characters, they have some of the same names, their ages are different, their history is different, but we can ignore that, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, just like, um... Yeah, that's letter. right, Melody, we don't like that. Just like the Scarlet Letter with um, what's her face, Demi Moore. Was that Demi Moore? Yep. It's been a while since I've read or watched the Scarlet Letter, although we still have the novel. There's a version with Demi Moore where she takes a lot of baths. <laughs> well, I don't know about now, but she used to have a really nice caboose. Um, she had a pretty nice caboose in that movie. My husband is all of a sudden very interested in what we're talking about. Um, no, sorry, I'm just a little little lost. Oh, yes, yes, Dr. Bristle, Dr. Bristle says Sailor Moon close, Sailor Moon Crystal is significantly closer to the Sailor Moon manga than the first anime was. That's that's very true. That's actually what its purpose is. Yeah, um, unfortunately, okay. my biggest complaint with Sailor Moon Crystal is still the voice acting. The new voice talent that they have is just falling short of my expectations. I don't yeah. care how how much people like the Japanese voice actors. I think it was a mistake to try and find English voice actors that sound like the Japanese voice actors. Um, Patterns of speaking in Japanese to English is very different. Um, It's just, it's not not working for me. Sailor Moon doesn't sound like Sailor Moon. She sounds like a Care Bear because that's what I know her voice actor from. It's from Care Bears. Luna is no longer Luna. Luna is now Fujiko from Lupin the Third. And I love Fujiko from Lupin the Third, but I don't like her being Luna. I just, 
I, I think there was this idea that if they got a bunch of big-name voice actors that people recognized from other popular anime things, that, that that's what people are looking for. But that's never what you're looking for in a voice actor. You know? You, you need the voice actor to be able to sell the character. And I just right. feel like so far the English cast is not selling the character. So, but I haven't seen a whole lot of English Sailor Moon Crystal, so I'm going to give it some more time before fully denouncing it. It's just all I can say is so far I am disappointed, and I'm considering writing a letter to Deke, or not Deke. It's not called Deke anymore, is it? Where where are you finding um, the Sailor Moon um, Crystal in English? Oh, my husband downloads them, probably from a site with naughty ads. <laughs> and oh, okay. generally, whenever I whenever I ask him, hey, where did we download this from? He's like, well, I get it from this one site, but your friends probably won't want to go there because because the, the there are adult-only ads on the sidebars, and I'm not sure that, that? your friends would want to. I don't care. Send it to me. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. I will wheedle the information out of him um, after the show is over and send it to you. I, I don't care if there's naughty ads. I mean, I might just click on one. I'm not talking about adult ads. I'm talking about how adult ads discourage you from discussing where you get our downloads. It's not like I'm describing adult ads. I'm just saying they're adult-only ads. I'll leave it up to the the, the listener's imagination as to what those are. There you go. But, um, yeah, um, it is is more based on the actual manga than it is based on whatever random thing that the – Toei Animation wanted to do at the time, which, as I had said before, I think it's great that Toei Animation has turned around for the 20th anniversary, deciding to go ahead and redo the anime based on the actual manga. Well, you know, other other, um, anime has had that happen before. So there's yeah. precedent for it now, and it was well-received, like with uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai and Ultimate Van Helsing. Um, or maybe it's just called Helsing. Ultimate Helsing. Yeah. Helsing Ultimate. What? It's been a while since I've watched it. Um, but um, it, it, ha- it happened with other anime, and they were very well-received. My again, my biggest problem is that Sailor Moon never seems to be treated with the same tenderness and respect that more boy type anime and manga are treated with. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the voice acting for the English. You know, the the, the dubbing, the English dub for Dragon Ball Z Kai, for instance was really well done. The characters sounded 
believable with the voice actors they got. Even to those of us who've been watching since, you know, you spent three episodes watching Goku and Vegeta power up. In the meantime, here's some filler story that's happening in the background. (laughs) You know, even those of us that have been watching that long, when we saw Dragon Ball Z Kai, recognized the characters as the characters. They sounded like what one would expect the characters to sound like, even if they didn't all have the same voice actors, it still seemed to fit, you know? And it just, it doesn't feel that way with the English dub of Sailor Moon Crystal and the redub of classic Sailor Moon. It, It seemed like, I don't know, like they're just like, Oh, people! Sailor Moon is hot right now. Let's let's redub it, and people will go out and buy it, and we'll get m- lots of money. And you know, they didn't stop to think: Is this casting really the best choice? Right. And the 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 redub of the classic Sailor Moon, they decided that even though they were still go- that going to do voices in English, it was going to be the same cast that Crystal is for the English. But they're going to bring the old Japanese music back. And anybody who has heard me on the topic of Sailor Moon since forever knows that I hated the Japanese music. I know there are plenty of people out there that disagree with me. And I know there are plenty of people out there that say that, you know, you can't really call yourself a hardcore Sailor Moon fan unless you like the Japanese music. And so I don't care if they call me a hardcore Japanese or a hardcore Sailor Moon fan or not. I personally hated the Japanese music. It felt game show music, like a bad game show. Whereas the music right. that we got for the English dub, I felt much better about. I loved the music. I felt it was inspiring. It sounded powerful. And... I just never felt that from the Japanese soundtrack of the original. So, um, but that's what they're going with. And so I don't actually ever see myself buying the the, the English redub. If there's a re-release of the original English dub, I will buy that. But I will not spend money on the new English dub because I just feel like it falls short of of what Sailor Moon was for me growing up. Right. You know, um yeah. I, I I I if 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 it had aired with the current voice actors and the Japanese music, I probably never would have watched it. Hmm. Because it's like, for me, the new voice actors for English, it's like when you go back and you watch the original Thundercats or Voltron as an adult, and then you go, why did I watch this as a child? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, that's how I feel about the voice acting that that they're planning on. And, and. It's not even that I dislike the voice actors they got. I do like those voice actors, just not for those characters. 
show. But there's my there's my Sailor Moon rant for the evening. <laughs> okay, beyond the rant, have you watched the new episode? I is there is somebody standing next to the highway? I can't hear you. I think, I think that's uh, Summer Blade. Uh, it might be. Can you guys still hear me? Or I yeah. can hear you. Can you hear me better? can hear you better. Okay. But has anyone watched the new episode? No. Oh. <laughs> I watched the most recent one. Uh-huh. We watched that last night. Is it me, or is it just great to see those chapters that were never animated before be animated? I'm really, I'm really excited about it, and I think if I do go out and buy Sailor Moon when it comes on DVD, it'll probably only be the Japanese Sailor Moon Crystal, because yeah. they're doing a really fantastic job with the Japanese. Of Sailor Moon Crystal. Yeah, when they do come out with it, just mind you, it looks like they're only going to be issuing at first DVDs with two episodes each. Well, yeah, they're going back to their roots, dude. I mean, you can't tell me I'm the only one that remembers where if you wanted anime, you went out and bought VHS and they only had two episodes for VHS. They're playing on people's nostalgia Plus later they'll be able to release Like thin line That has like Four to six episodes Per per thin line DVD It'll be like the complete season In one tiny box set And then people will go out And buy it again Because they'll say they won't want to switch CDs that often There you go CDs, um, okay. whatever. Okay, Samantha said, please don't talk, don't give any information about the episode. She hasn't watched it yet. Oh, okay. I but know, I know I she hasn't say, watched it yet. All I will say is, as I said before, good night. All I will say um, is classified information, with classified information, and they classified information until classified information and classified information, which led to classified information. <laughs> so those of you who watch Haruhi Suzumiya, it's hard in, heart in the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya like five times before I figured out what she was, why she was talking like that. Like what? <laughs> well, as I said, it it has elements of one of the episodes in the original anime. It's just <coughs> not exact, which is actually quite nice. Oh, we should we need to get kimono in. Oh, oh, yep. oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Let me find her. Okay, let me get her out of her dressing room. Let's see if she'll 
Okay, look, come on, come on. You need to come out of the dressing room. Come on. It's it's time for you. Come on, let's go. Here you go. This is Kimono, and you have listened to Bunny Talk. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, thank you. You can go back to your dressing room now. Thank you. Okay, good. Bye. Bye-bye. And you're back to your trailer? Huh? Say that one more time. I said you're sending her back to her trailer? Yeah, I'm sending her back to the trailer, you know. She she totally <laughs> insists on having one, despite the fact that she's only on for 10 seconds per episode. <laughs> it's like, really? Did I tell you uh, guys recently about the Tootsie that I'm trying to uh, clean up? Well, she was one of the ponies that my dad rescued from that yard sale. Oh, yeah. When the, the daycare place went under. Yeah. And of all the ponies, she was by far the dirtiest. And, like, she's got some serious in like like pin dot and ingrained dirt and some scars and I spent like two hours the other night boiling her and scrubbing her and her face has cleaned up really nicely her head has but the body still needs a lot of work and it occurred to me that What really defines a pony collector is not how many ponies you have. It's how many hours you're willing to spend cleaning up a pony that's not particularly rare simply because (laughs) you're happy to have her in your collection. Yeah. Yeah, I've done the same thing. Well, I think that's lost in the the collecting community anymore is there's this need to have all the ponies. And not that I don't understand that, but (laughs) I, too, have OCD. But um, it's – I don't know. Quality over quantity. You can have five ponies, but if you take care of those ponies like they're your prized possessions, you are a collector. Yeah. You know, there's not there's not like you have to have so many ponies or you have to have this that this pony and that pony and that pony before you can really call yourself a collector. That's not what collecting is about. That's at least it shouldn't be. It's You're more a about caring about what you have than just looking for more to add to the pile. Yeah, because I mean, to me, the difference that that's where the line between collecting and hoarding is drawn. You know, if you have no room for more ponies and yet you keep bringing them in and you're not taking care of them and you're just shoving them in boxes so that you can say that you have them and they're not on display and you're not really looking at them, are you really collecting or are you just having them? 
you know. But right. if you're willing to sit there well, for like three hours, put on a movie while you have while you're burning yourself with boiling water and dishwashing detergent, <laughs> trying to scrub the pin dot out of you know a three dollar pony. <laughs> <laughs> then I think you can call yourself a collector because obviously you're taking care of the ponies. You collect them. They mean something to you. You have them displayed. You bring them down and show them to people, whether they want to or not. <laughs> <laughs> people come into your house. You're like, oh, and look at this one I got. I just got this one, and I had to clean her up. And she was, oh, you should have seen her before I got a hold of her. Then you are a collector. <laughs> if you're cleaning up ponies and bringing oh. them in and 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 feeling like like you're taking care of them, then then you're a collector. But if you're just buying them and you only want pristine ones, but you want them for bait prices and and you keep them in totes under your bed so that you can periodically come out and take a picture and post it on your Facebook and say, but see, I have Goldilocks. I have Rapunzel. I'm a real collector. No, you're not. Anybody can buy something if they save up enough. It's maintaining it and loving it. I will admit a good portion of my... um, collection is boxed up, but that's mostly due to the fact that I just don't have the space to display everything. I I currently have one dresser top that is nothing but G1 ponies. I have another dresser top that is G3 ponies. I have two shelves on a shelving unit one shelf has, you know, unicorns from both uh, first and third generation, and then another one has all um, Pegasus ponies from the first and third generation. Well, and like sometimes people, they, you know, they start off having enough space, and for whatever reason, they have to move back home, they have to downsize their apartment, and what yeah. they used to have space for, they don't have space for anymore. I totally understand that. That's just life happening. Yeah. You know, but it just seems like there are people in our community that seem to think that in order to have status as a collector, they have to be constantly buying and adding to their collection, and and they get really cranky if something gets in the way of that. And I would just like to encourage people to love the ponies you have. Take them down, dust them, give them a bath every once in a while. Spend three hours trying to scrub the stains out of a a, a lime green pony with turquoise hair. Yeah. Do it. You know, then you can really truly say that these are something that are important to you. Yeah, that's something I have to do. But really pull them down for a good bath. <laughs> I will admit, I get busy. <laughs> I, I, I have to clean down. mine a couple ponies at a time because with the baby in the house now, if I get too many in one spot, 
if if my husband has to move them, they're probably going to be moved to some place where the baby can get them. And with most of my ponies, that's fine, but there are some of them I don't want her getting her grubby hands on. <laughs> Too funny. She's really, really nice to the Doshoff ponies, though. She just wants to hold them, pet them for a second, and then have them put back on the shelf. Well, yeah, because they're fussy. Yeah, she just she just wants to pet them a little bit, then she hands it back to me and points to the shelf. So, see, she's she's not even two. She already understands that you just you take them down and you bathe them and pet them and love them and tell them how pretty they are, and then you put them back on the shelf. <laughs> It's okay, I'm done with it. You can put it back now, Mom. <laughs> you know, she does have some G1 ponies in her toy box that um, were from my bait box. And I figure until I figure out if I'm restoring them or baiting them, they should be played with. And perhaps that will help me make a decision. <laughs> um, she doesn't, she's more into building things right now than playing with, with uh dolls. She's my little engineer. My little architect. Aww. So, it's actually really interesting to see her interests develop because, you know, you when you first have kids, when you've never had them before, like, you, you, you think you're getting a blank slate, and you're going to teach them the right way so they, they develop all these good habits, and that's total bull. You are not getting a blank slate. By the time those little suckers are born, they have opinions on things. They don't care what you learn in parenting class. They don't care what manuals and 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 theories you've read. They don't care what, you know, what interests you try to program into them. They, they're born with interest. It's crazy. So, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh, and that's something that when when all your friends try and tell you that you need to have a baby or your family says you need to have a baby when you're going to have kids, that's the one thing they never tell you. <laughs> well, that's one of many things they never tell you. They never tell you that you'll never sleep on your time again. They'll never tell <laughs> you that no matter how hard you try to crib train your baby, there may be you may have to wait for them to become like a toddler or something before they're willing to accept your crib training. <laughs> they never tell you that once they learn to walk, you will walk into the living room one day to find their diaper halfway down their legs because they've been trying to pull their diaper off. <laughs> There seriously have been times where I've been in the kitchen doing dishes and Melody's quietly playing in front of, like, the TV, 
And I come, I peek my head around the corner to find that she's practically taking her diaper off as she's standing in front of whatever it is she's watching. Still trying to get that last leg out. <laughs> like, no, you have to wear a diaper. Why you always turn around and start to look when they're just a little too quiet. Yeah. Yeah, if she's sitting there going, dee, 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 do, 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 I know everything is great. If I don't hear anything, something fishy's going on. She's playing in the cat water or something. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I always tell my friends, especially my friends who are starting to get frustrated because their friends and family are like, you need to have kids. Life is so much better with kids. Well, yes and no. Life is better with kids if you want kids. If you went into it on purpose. Because then you can at least, you know, steel yourself against some of the things that you don't know are coming your way. But if you're not sure you want kids and you have kids, life is not necessarily going to be better with kids. I mean, it might be. You might be pleasantly surprised. But it might also be that kind of unpleasant surprise, like when you go to change a diaper and it's like weird colors. (laughs) And you wonder how that happened. You know, you're on the phone crying to the pediatrician because how on earth did it turn blue? You know? Wow. And, you know, it just... Kids are something that people really need to stop pressuring people to have. And they also need to stop telling people to not have kids. Because there are some people that... I mean, it's just frustrating. If you want kids and people are telling you you don't want kids or if you don't want kids and everybody's like, so when are you going to have kids? When are you going to make babies? When are you going to make grandbabies? I need grandbabies. When are you going to have kids? That's really freaking obnoxious, you know? Yeah, I have somebody at work that bugs me about when I'm having kids and <laughs> it's a guy. And I shut it. I'm, well, I quieted him down the other day when he kept bugging me about, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? And my response was, after you have some. <laughs> well, there you go. No, it's it's a very personal, life-changing thing. and People need to mind their own business about it unless you're specifically asking them for advice. Same thing with breastfeeding. You don't have to like breastfeeding. You can think it's weird. But if it's not your boob the baby's sucking on, just let it go. (laughs) And if you're breastfeeding and you know someone that isn't, don't say anything. There can be any number of reasons why a person chooses to bottle feed over breastfeed, and they are none of your business unless the person makes it your business. It's just when it comes to the way... The way people, when people have kids, how many kids they have, the way people train raise their kids, there are a lot of people being critical and nosy when there's nothing really broken. 
You know, I can understand. If you know somebody that's abusing their kids, absolutely step in. Make it your business. But if you just think that breastfeeding is better or bubble feeding is better, that's your opinion. Keep it to yourself. No one cares. If the baby isn't starving to death and if the pediatrician is happy, then that's all you need to know. Yeah. But then again, that's, see, that goes back to that sense of entitlement, that people feel entitled to telling you what they think and what they feel and what their opinion is. And then they get all defensive. Well, that's just my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. Well, yes, you are, but I'm also entitled to think that your opinion sucks. <laughs> just my opinion. Not hating, just hating. You know? <laughs> just... Discretion is the better part of valor. And I believe that that's applicable not just to should you pick a fight with someone, like a physical fight, should you pick a verbal fight with someone? Should you voice your opinion when it it's not going to help the situation and it's only going to cause an argument? Is that really... Is that really when you need to voice your opinion? Really? And I know it's hard because I fall into that that trap too. I try to work on it and I fail sometimes. But, you know, I don't go, like, like, for example, the thread that I was mentioning earlier where someone posts this super rainbow colored alicorn and they want help picking out a name for their super rainbow colored alicorn. You know, I may not like a super rainbow-colored alicorn. I may not prefer the design, but since they asked for a name, I suggested either Delia, because it's kind of psychedelic-looking. I suggested that they could name it after Princess Polychrome, the daughter of the rainbow from L. Frank Baum's Oz book. I gave genuine name suggestions based on the design that they had available, knowing nothing else about the character. Because that's all I could do. I did not, however, venture to say that if it were me, I wouldn't be caught dead with a, a, a an alicorn pony whose colors radiate like a paper plate. <laughs> because that's none of my business. It's not my pony. If they're happy with it being that way, more power to them. You know, people just need to stop and breathe and remember that there's all sorts of people in the world with all sorts of likes and dislikes, and some things that work for some people don't necessarily work for others, and we just need to let people be people. If they're not hurting anyone and they're not committing any crime, let it go. Exactly. Live and let live kind of thing. I mean, geez, let's look at the world of friendship as magic. The main characters are six very different ponies. And sometimes they argue a little bit, but in general, they respect each other. Oh, yeah. You don't see... 
see rarity going around demanding that everybody learn to sew because everybody should know how to sew. I mean, I know how to sew. Why don't you know how to sew? <laughs> you know, you don't see Princess yeah. Twilight grilling rarity going, well, I know all kinds of magic and you can only sew. What's up with that? <laughs> if you focused, if you focused, you could do way more than just sew. She doesn't do that. They don't do that. Even Twilight Sparkle, who considers her special talent lecturing people, doesn't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do what I do best. Lecture her. She even says that in one episode, you know? <laughs> but she doesn't She doesn't really do that, though. You know, you don't... The episode where Rainbow Dash gets a, decides she, she wants a pet. Fluttershy is thrilled and over the moon and happy to help. But you didn't see her like every episode before that episode going, so when are you going to get a pet? When are you going to get a pet? You, know, you should get a pet. I have a pet. Look, Rarity has a pet. Applejack has a pet. Why don't you have a pet? What's wrong with you? Get a pet. You need a pet. <laughs> Things are better if you have a pet. Come on, get a pet. <sighs> they don't do that. So if 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 we're arguing that friendship is magic teaches good values, values that we want people to have, why don't we actually learn from those lessons and practice them? Because that would require that would require doing something. Yeah, require thought and effort, and that's hard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Too hard for some people. Yeah, that's a Care Bear episode called yeah. Lazy Susan. <laughs> hard work sounds kind of hard and like work. <laughs> um, but I just. The dichotomy of the values that pony people seem to admire end up not being the traits that they generally show to other people. It's like religion. Oh, my gosh. I just figured it out. Friendship is, is magic is a religion. People talk about it and they preach about it, but they don't do anything you're supposed to learn. We just need a church now. We just need a building and someone to cosplay Celestia to be the head of the church. There you go. Don't give people ideas. I just realized that that's what it is. It explains everything. That it does. Mm. All right, well, we're well and truly into ponies after dark, but I'm carrying some yawns. <clears throat> and admittedly, it's only a little after seven here, but I'm I'm guessing that for you guys, it's a little after nine and a little after ten. 
Yeah. Bingo. Sorry, I was up since 7 this morning. Well, why don't we call it a night so you guys can get some rest? Because nobody's going to heal up from their injuries and not get sick if they don't sleep. So I'm learning the hard way. (laughs) Cough, cough, hack, hack. Yeah, stay away from me. I have to actually sleep well the week of my injections because if I'm sick, they will actually postpone it. Well, then Mm. we need to let you go so you can go to sleep and stay well. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, pony night night. Pony night night, night, everybody. Is that it? Are we alone? Sorry for the yawns. But next week we should be on topic. So, till next time, happy pony hunting. Good night.